welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Made it out tonight. Thank you, Kathy, for that. Amen. Well, we want to, um, uh, I'm going to bring to a conclusion after 15 weeks. This will be week 15. I'm going to bring to a conclusion the series we've been teaching on Jesus, our healer. Um, and I uh, wanted to do that tonight to sort of put a bookend on the end of the messages. You know, we've spent uh, um, 14 different lessons taking a look at truth from God's word, that it is his, his will to heal us. And we've used Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 as our foundation for that. So let's read that and then let's just uh, press into his presence for what he has for us tonight. Verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let's pray before we start. Father, thank you so much for your presence here this evening. I, I sense your presence. I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit here amongst us to minister to us and to uh, give us exactly what it is that we need for this evening. Thank you for <coughs> leading and guiding me to, to say what he wants to have said, do what he wants to do, and thank you by the end of this, as we always say, we'll be better uh, spiritually closer to you because we came to church tonight. So I give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I said, we've been teaching on healing. We've been focusing on really on the last you know, few words of those two verses. And with his stripes, we are healed. And, um, you know, as we look at these verses, we see it's really Isaiah prophesying about Jesus and what he would provide for us. And yet we've said, you know, over and over, week after week, many times people miss out on the healing that Jesus has provided for us because we just don't uh, haven't heard the truth enough to establish faith in our hearts so that faith overcomes our circumstances. But, you know, what we've really attempted to do over the last 14 weeks is just look at different places in Scripture that really show us very clearly that it's the will of God for us to be healed. Um, but, you know, um, once, once you have that faith in your heart, and this is where I want to sort of book in this series, once you have established, and if you've been here for these um, you've heard enough truth to be able to establish faith. You know, faith, I'll say this about faith, uh, it's not hard. You know, a lot of times people think you have to get yourself to this great place of believing where there's no doubt. Faith actually isn't required, uh, or, or I would say this, faith is often required when doubt is present. Um, doubt can often be in your mind and you can have questions about things, but faith will rise up on the inside of you and help you overcome your doubts. And so uh, once we have that faith established in our heart for us to walk in the promises of God and, and, and realize those truths in our life, it doesn't just happen. You have to receive God's promise through faith. And we see this in James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, speaking of just praying the prayer of faith for wisdom, but this could apply to anything you're believing God for. It says, but let him ask in faith. So we have clear instruction that when we come to God asking and believing for things, it needs to be done in faith, which tells me that you can ask and not be in faith, right? And so it says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. 
For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So notice what it says there. It says if you don't ask in faith, we can't expect to receive from the Lord. Now what it does not say there, and I think it's important to recognize this, because if you don't recognize this, then you'll view your faith as some type of work that you have to do to achieve something from God. But what it says there, it doesn't say for let not that man think that the Lord will, won't give him what he asked for. It says you won't receive from the Lord. Well, uh, what that means then is this, is that faith allows us to receive from the hand of God what he's already so graciously given. That's what faith does. It doesn't convince God to give you something. I think a lot of times people see faith as that. You know, it's this thing we do and that we got enough faith and we proved ourselves to God and he'll say, okay, you can have, you know, what it is you ask for. But that's not the case at all. Um, and what we're going to see here in just a moment is that Specifically, healing is something that's already been given to you. It's already, his hand's already opened. It's already been released to you, but it requires faith to receive the manifestation of that promise in your life. And so it requires faith to receive. So, and, and if it requires faith to receive, then what that means is, is we need to settle in our hearts the, the truth that healing, based on what we've seen for the last 14 weeks, Healing is something that God has already given you. So if you're struggling even in your body with a physical ailment or a sickness, that healing has already been granted to you. But in order to receive that spiritual gift and make it a manifestation in the natural realm in which we live, we must receive it by faith. And we see clearly that healing's already been given in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. It says, who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that being dead to sins, we should live unto righteousness. Notice, by whose stripes you were healed. Back in Isaiah, he says, you are healed, looking forward to what Jesus would provide. But after Jesus had provided that in 1 Peter, and Peter looking back to the cross, he says, with Jesus' stripes, you were Healed. Well, if you were healed, then it means at that moment the healing God promises us was granted and released to you. And so for us to receive those promises that have already been given to us, we must exercise faith. And we see that very clearly that the promise of healing and every other promise of God that Jesus provided at Calvary is already ours. So, so it's important to recognize that because, you know, a lot of times when sickness shows up or problems show up, you know, we call the prayer team and we're all praying and we, it's almost like we're storming the gates of heaven to convince God to give us something and that's not the case. It's actually joining our faith together to manifest in this here and now what God has already graciously granted us. So we see that in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Notice it says, everything we could ever need for life. Everybody say life. Right. Say life again. Everything we could ever need for life and for godliness, right? So he's not just talking about living a godly life. He's talking about the things you need in this life. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. So notice your healing as a believer, specifically as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know everybody here. Uh, I believe you're all believers, right? Uh, your healing as a believer has already been deposited in you. It's important to recognize. You say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't look like it. Well, it's already in you, right? Uh, how many of you realize he calls you the righteousness of God? How many realize all times you don't always act that way, right? 
It's already in you. So notice it says, For all that was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him, Jesus, who has called us by his name and invited us to come, into him, come to him through the glor- a glorious manifestation of his goodness, as a result of this, he has given you, notice this, he has given you, that's past tense, he's already given it, right? He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. How many of you realize if you're looking for uh, healing and you're sick and, and, and medication can't find you, how many of you realize that's something beyond all price, right? That, that's, a, that's a promise that, that you can't put a price tag on. And a lot of others are, you know, righteousness, salvation, all of those things. And it goes on to say he's giving you these things beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises we can experience partnership with the divine nature. So what he's saying there is these promises have been granted so that when we believe them, they will manifest in us the very nature that God says is within us. And so what I really want to talk to you about tonight is, is how do you release your faith and stand in faith to see healing when you need it? Now, you could apply these principles to any promise. If it's finances you're looking for, if it's companionship you're looking for, if it's peace you're looking for, you can, you can, you can actually uh, uh, follow these steps and you will see answers to prayer. But specifically, how do you use your faith to believe for healing? The first thing you've got to do is simply this. I'm going to give you four simple points tonight. Number one, you have to thank the Father in Jesus' name for what he has graciously provided. First step in receiving your healing, just thank God in the name of Jesus, for what he's graciously provided. Notice John chapter 16 and verse 23. It says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now notice he's speaking, he's saying, In that day you will ask and he will give it to you. And until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. It almost seems like it's contradictory what he's saying, because if God's already given it, then why are you asking for it, right? I mean, if I got, I got 20 bucks in my pocket, right? I got 20 bucks in my pocket, and if I said, hey, Robbie. Oh, did I do this for him before? No, you didn't. I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. Well. So, so if I said to Robbie, I got 20 bucks, would you like to have that 20 bucks? I want to give you this 20 bucks. All right, you, now, can you say, would you ask me for the $20 now? No. Why? You've given it to me already. Exactly. So it seems contradictory what the, and you can have that, by the way. <laughs> pay for your gas tonight. Or take, take her to a nice, some, uh, pay for the sushi you got for her tonight. <laughs> Set up front, move closer. <laughs> but, you know, it almost seems like, you know, he says, let him ask in faith, and, and faith says it's mine, I have it now, but notice he says you still need to ask, and so... First of all, what he, I think one of the key important things to recognize is he tells us to ask in Jesus' name. And I think it's important, one of the reasons he tells us to, to ask in Jesus' name is because when you ask in his name, you recognize something very important. You're not receiving healing based on your name. You're not even receiving healing based on the strength of your faith, although your faith, you're receiving healing based on what he has provided, plain and simple. So the first thing you do when you come asking is you come to the Father in the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus allows us to, because see, a lot of times we come in our own merit, right? 
We come at our own ability. We think, well, I don't deserve it. Well, certainly, I mean, if, if, if you're honest about yourself, probably none of us in and of our own humanity deserve healing, right? But so we don't come in our name. We come in the name of Jesus. So when it says to come, you come asking in Jesus' name. But then in other places in scriptures, it tells us the specific way to come and ask. And it's not coming with, oh, God, please give me what you haven't given yet. That's not the way we ask as believers, there's a very specific way the scripture tells us to ask. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. It says, don't be anxious or don't worry about anything. Well, how do you get over worrying? Well, this is what you do, right? You, you, you walk in faith. You live by faith. It says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, notice this next phrase, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So the way we ask God in faith is not by coming and saying, could you please give me what you haven't given yet in the name of Jesus? Because there's still a belief there that he hadn't released it yet, and he already has. You come asking with thanksgiving. Well, let me ask you, you know, I give you the money, right? And you got it. What's the proper thing to do? Which he didn't do, by the way. Oh, no, he probably did. What's the proper thing to do? Thank you. Why do you say thank you? You already have it, don't you? Right? So you come with thanksgiving. So the proper way to ask when we're coming in faith is not coming saying, oh, God, please. No, it's coming saying, you've given me this promise of healing, so I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you've provided. That word ask actually means to declare. If you look it up, it means to declare in the name of Jesus. So a lot of times that asking and declaring can be speaking even to your circumstance. Lord, I thank you that my body is healed in Jesus' name. That's the prayer of faith. That's the way it comes. The prayer of faith says it's mine. I have it now. And we see Jesus using this very same. He illustrated this for us. In John chapter 11, in John chapter 11, Jesus when he came and, 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 and prayed about and prayed about Lazarus. Remember the story of Lazarus? He died and he raised him from the dead. Well, I want you to notice what Jesus said before he ever prayed about Jesus being raised from the dead. Verse 40, it says, And Jesus said unto her, said, not, uh, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. Then he, they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, notice what he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. See, Jesus even used this method of praying with thanksgiving. He said, I come and I thank you. You've already heard me. You've already provided. We've already talked about this. I thank you. You've already communicated with me on the matter. I told them that, she, that he would live and it wouldn't end in death. So I thank you that you already heard me, right? And then he goes on. We know the rest of the story, verse two, that he raised Lazarus from the dead. But Jesus practiced this. And you see it again when he prayed for over the loaves and fishes. It said he gave thanks for the bread and the fishes, right? He gave thanks that there was sufficient to feed the 5,000, and there was before there ever was. So there was, a, there was a prayer of thanksgiving. And we see this in Mark eleven twenty three 23, as he illustrates how to pray this prayer of faith. It says, therefore I say unto you, what things, whatsoever, or whatever things you ask when you pray, notice what it says, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice what he says, when you pray, believe you receive, Right? So the prayer of faith with thanksgiving says, Lord, I believe it's mine now, so I'm going to tell you thank you. 
I believe I got that 20 bucks in my pocket. I, I don't have to ask you for it again. So the prayer of faith says, Lord, I thank you. And what are we saying thank you for? We're saying thank you for the 14 weeks of promises that we've talked about leading up to this message when it pertains to healing, right? Thank you that, that uh, whatsoever I desire, you'll give it to me. Thank you that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed, right? Thank you for all of those different promises. I'm thanking you for it, and I believe it's mine, even though I can't see it. Because notice what it says there. It says, believe that you receive it, and you will have it, right? So it means you believe you have it now before you even see it sometimes, and what that tells me is that that means that I've got to believe I have it now before I see it, then that means there's always going to be a lag between amen and hey, it's here. It may be a short lag, it may be a blink of an eye lag, because we have people come forward, we laid hands on them, prayed for them, and they're healed in a moment, right? But then we have other stories about, uh, like Maria's, uh, you know, Maria's teaching our, t our teens back there tonight, but like Maria's mom, you know, Lisa, you know, she came forward, uh, had a growth attached to her uterus, and, and it was an issue. And what, we, what did we do? We prayed for her, but it wasn't until six months later the evidence of what we prayed for was recognized. And so what do you do between amen and hey, it's here? And that's really what I want to talk to you about, because receiving your healing and walking in the healing God's provided you for you is less about the prayer you pray, and it's more about the fight you fight. Because the prayer you pray happens in a moment. It says, Jesus, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I've got these symptoms, but I know what your word says, so I want to thank you that your promise of healing is working in me, and I am healed. Now, what do you do after you say that? When you walk out of that place of prayer and your head's still hurting, or your nose is still stuffed up, or your diabetes count is still up, and, and you're believing for healing, friend, what do you do? Well, I want to talk to you about what you do after that, and it's found in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, if you've been at this... <laughs> Church, for a long time, you've heard me teach on this before, but bears repeating. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, For assuredly, after he tells us how to pray, he says, For assuredly, I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, or be removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so once you've concluded the prayer of faith, notice there's a moment between amen and hey, it's here. So what do you do? The first thing that verse tells you to do is you have to speak words that align with what you believe. Speak words. Everybody say, speak words. That align with my belief. So you just prayed a prayer of faith, just said, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I believe it. I thank you for it. I receive it. Then if you believe it, speak words that align with it. Notice verse 23. For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have, notice this phrase, he will have whatever he says. Jesus said, what you say from a believing heart, you will have. So that means a believing heart's an important part of this. Well, we've spent 14 weeks establishing truth in you that it's the will of God for you to be healed so you can believe that, right? But the, the next step of this is after you've thanked God for it, you've got to speak in line with the word of God. See, a lot of times people don't receive healing. They'll come forward in a prayer line or they'll get prayed for for healing. And they'll say, thank you, Lord, I received it. And they'll walk right out and start talking about their diabetes, their cancer, their diagnosis. I got this, I got that. And it may be true that you have that. 
But if you want to have what God says, you've got to talk about what God says instead of talk about what your symptoms say. And so you've got to say what God says. Jesus tells us that we're going to have what we say from a believing heart. See, we don't, I don't think a lot of times many people recognize the power that are in your words. And, you know, if you've been in churches like this or in, my, in this church for a long time, I've taught on this a lot. But this is an area in your life that will sneak up on you if you don't keep monitor and close watch on this. You'll catch yourself talking your circumstances even though your heart is believing something different. You'll catch that, what I say is the tongue, you know, um, um, I'm always reminded of Andy Griffith. And uh, there was one time he, he said something to his girlfriend he shouldn't have said, and she looked at him like, what did you say? And he said, oh, I forget her name. Remember what Andy's girl, what? Yeah, he said, oh, Ellie. He said, oh, Ellie, I didn't mean to say that. My tongue, you know, it's just a greasy little thing, and it just slipped on out of there, and I didn't mean for it to, something like that. You know, I'm just always reminded of Andy Griffith. You know, but if we're not careful and don't watch our tongues... It's an unruly member, the Bible says, and, it's, and, 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 and it requires us working with the Holy Spirit to contain it and control it so that we're dictating over our life what our future should be based on what God has promised. And, and we see the power of words in, 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 in uh, the story of Daniel. Daniel was believing God for some answers to prayer. And he prayed about the future of Israel. And after he prayed, he, th- you know, he prayed the prayer of faith. And it says in verse 12, then he continued, this, this angel came to Daniel in response to his prayer. And notice what he said. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day. Everybody say since the first day. So since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words. What was heard? Your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. He said, I heard the words you spoke to God in faith, believing for an answer, and I have come. Now, and he said, from the first day you prayed. Now, if you read the whole story, it was like 21 days later. But, but Daniel stayed in a position of faith, saying, Lord, I thank you that, you're going to give me, that you've given me what I've asked for. I thank you that you've given me the revelation of what's going on with the nation of Israel right now and the future of Israel. And it says 21 days later, he said, I've, I've been coming since then, well, what hindered him? Well, in this particular instance, we see that there was an actual demon presence that that angel had to deal with, the prince of the power of Persia that was holding back the revelation Daniel needed. And, you know, oftentimes I think sometimes we, we look for answers between the lines of what God says when God doesn't give us clearly what the answer is, right? We ask questions. Well, why, why did it take 21 days? Well, why do I need to stand? If I'm believing, why, what, what takes my healing so long? You know... I think sometimes, I, I remember Brother he used to say it this way, I don't understand how a brown cow can give you white milk and you can churn it to make yellow butter, but I still eat the butter. I think sometimes we look for answers that if God wanted us to have them, he'd have told them to us plainly. I think sometimes, you know, questions of why and what the delay, it just, the, the answer is here. Daniel stood in faith, spoke words, the angel came because of the words he was speaking. And there's power in our words to bring manifestation of what we're believing for. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You will eat the fruit of what you say most often about your life from a believing heart. And therefore, we've got to speak from a believing heart. Now, I've got to tell you, if you catch your words consistently not lining up with what you say you believe, here's something I would tell you not to do. And I've stressed this many, many times and used this illustration. I would tell you, don't try to change your words. Go back and look at what you say you believe 
and reestablish your faith. Because the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. So even if you thought you prayed in faith, but you walk out of here and you keep saying, well, I just got a headache. I just, you don't believe you're healed. You believe your symptoms, plain and simple. And the way you change that is not by trying to police your words like some confession police. The way you change that is by putting, going back, listening to these messages, getting that truth down in you, getting that truth in you that Jesus already paid for my healing. So I'm going to believe that. I've always used this illustration. If your oil is dirty, you, go, you go measure your oil, you put your dipstick in your engine, you pull the dipstick out, and you look at the oil and say, man, that's cruddy. I need to change that. You don't throw the dipstick away, do you? You change the oil, right? Your words are just the dipstick that measure what your heart's really believing. And so it's important when you pray, say, Lord, I thank you that I received my healing. Now you walk out of that place and you're confessing words of belief. So the first thing you have to do if you're going to see, uh, receive your healing, even if it's delayed longer than you would like, you're going to have to speak words of faith that align with the truth that you say you believe. What do you do next? Uh, third thing you do is this. You just stand your ground and refuse to doubt. Everybody say, stand your ground and refuse to doubt. Notice 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight for the true faith. In the King James, it says, fight the good fight of faith, right? So what that tells me is that faith sometimes requires a fight. Just because you believe doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Just because you believe doesn't mean the devil's going to want to relinquish a hold on you. He's, I mean, he's going to try to test you and tempt you. But you have to fight the good fight of faith. How do you do that? Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Well, we've seen this before. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved is the word sozo that is used for eternal life. And that eternal life is all-inclusive. It's not just salvation. It's healing. It's preservation. It's all of those things. And so what it says there is if you're going to lay hold to the eternal life, and in this case, the healing that God has promised you, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. So how do you fight the good fight of faith? Once you've prayed, once you decided it's mine, I have it now, so thank you, Lord and you're doing your best to speak words of faith, what's the next thing you're going to have to do? Well, Abraham provided a good example for us, and we see it in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. I want to read to you a larger portion of Scripture of what he did to fight the good fight of faith and receive a child even though he was 100 years old. It goes on to say in verse 17, As it is written, God said this to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, how many of you realize he said that to him before he ever had one child? He said, I have made right God said I already did it already out of my hand Abraham you may not have the child yet but you got the promise that's all you need is the promise if you'll learn to believe it he says I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God who gives life to the dead and notice this and calls things which do not exist as though they did notice he doesn't say he calls things that do exist as though they do not he didn't say that he says he calls things that do not as though they did. So what he said is, Abraham, you may not have a child, but I'm calling you a father of many nations, right? Same thing for us. You may not feel like you're healed, but I've already declared by Jesus' stripes you were healed, right? Goes on to say in verse 18, who Abraham, contrary to hope, now here's the part about Abraham I want to get to, who Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, believed 
so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And notice this, and not being weak in faith, here's the part I want you to get to, here's the fight of faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he, what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So notice this, he was not weak in faith. And how was he not weak in faith? He did not consider his own body. Part of fighting the good fight of faith for your healing is not considering your own body. It's not denying what's going on in your own body. It doesn't say that. Matter of fact, to not consider something, you have to see it, right? It has to be something you could consider. And so if your body's screaming pain because you're believing for healing, or if your body's screaming symptoms from a disease and you believe you've received your healing, what does it say Abraham did? He looked at it and said, I'm not going to consider it. It may be the facts, but I'm not going to consider the facts. If you've ever heard me teach on that, facts and truth are two different things. How many of you realize that? Because facts change. Truth doesn't change, right? Look outside at the trees. No leaves on the trees right now. Fact, right? But come springtime, the leaves on the tree. Fact. Which one's the truth, right? Facts and truth are two different things. So Abraham said, I'm not going to consider the facts about my body. I'm going to consider the truth of the promise. I'm going to keep my eyes on what God says in spite of what I'm dealing with, in spite of what I'm uh, going through, in spite of what's telling me the opposite of what God says about me. And so Abraham chose to not consider the facts, not consider his body. So if you're believing for healing, once you pray and thank God for it, once you uh, walk away from that place and do your best to control your tongue and give place to what you really believe in your heart, then when your body starts screaming the opposite of that, what do you say? I'm not going to consider that. I'm going to declare. I can tell you there have been times I've had to do this. I'll never forget the time. I, um, matter of fact, the place is not even around anymore, so I won't be doing them injustice. But there was a little Thai place in, in uh, Vinton here that uh, I got some food and got food poisoning. Worst I've ever had in my life. Um, and I remember laying around. You know, have you ever been so sick you're hugging the toilet as tight as you can? And you just get up and do what you got to do to take care of. And, and I, remember, I remember that night thinking, man, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm literally going to die. This is bad. But I remember in the midst of all of that fighting the good fight of faith. I remember my Delise would come in and she'd say, Tommy, you okay? I'm, I'm healed. Bless God, I believe I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. Right? I considered not my body. But I fought the good fight of faith. And I can tell you, if you've ever had food poisoning, sometimes that can take three, four, five days to get through you. In a, in a night, I was over it. I got up the next morning, I was fine. Um, but I would tell you this, it wasn't by my own merit, right? It's because God promised me I was healed, and Jesus provided that for me, and I just chose to believe it, and I chose not to consider my body, even in the midst of it heaving and everything else that it does when you got those problems. I chose to speak the word. And thank God for the word and fight the good fight of faith. So how do you fight the good fight of faith? You just refuse to doubt by looking at your circumstances, but you choose to believe and continue believing, looking at the promise. And then what's the last thing you do? And I would say this is really not a last step. This is really um, the oil that keeps your faith working. Um, the last thing you do as you're believing God for your healing is you continue to do your, your God-level best 
not your personal best, but your God best, right? To walk in love. You do your best to walk in love. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24 gives us a key to receiving anything from God, and that's our love walk. We've been talking a lot about that on Monday, Sunday mornings. Hopefully Monday mornings, too, as you've been listening to it. But notice this, pray, notice this uh, in Mark chapter 11. It says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, notice this, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Notice what that says. There, he ties together this prayer of faith with this walking in love and forgiveness. For us to be able to receive the promises of God, Galatians 5, 6 tells us faith worketh by love. Just like a car works by gasoline. Well, some of them are electric now, right? But um, I'm getting older, so I can't really use that analogy. But electric, how many gas-powered cars work, work by gasoline? So if you don't have gas in your tank, your car ain't going to work, Right? And what this scripture tells us in Galatians, what Jesus was telling us is, if you don't have love in your heart and you're not displaying love to your brother, your faith won't work. Now, I could do a whole other message on why that is, right? And we've done that before. But for the sake of time tonight, I'm not. It's just going to be a point I'm going to make that if you want to, if you want to walk and receive the healing that God has provided you, you must look into your heart and ask yourself this question, am I walking in love to those around me? Do I have bitterness in my heart? Now, I would tell you when you ask that question, how many of you realize God is faithful to answer you when you ask that question? Don't go on some mad witch hunt wondering, there's, well, is there something deep-seated in my past? And you go to some, I got to go to some psychiatrist and dig up my past and figure out why I haven't forgiven my mom or my daddy. Horse hockey, right? If God wants you to know that you, haven't, you have bitterness in your heart, he will show you. And if he hasn't shown you, then walk in the light you have and you'll be fine. But the reality is, is if you do have bitterness in your heart, your faith won't work like it's supposed to. And we see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, speaking of taking communion, it says, for he who eats and drinks, and, and eats or drinks from the communion table in an unworthy manner, and we're going to talk about what that unworthy manner is. It says, he eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Notice, notice this, it doesn't say he eats and drinks and God judges him. It says what you've done is you've eaten and drank in judgment to yourself. When you partake of the Lord's table and you have bitterness and you're not judging the Lord, and we'll see why bitterness falls into judging the Lord's body, but when you have bitterness in your heart, what you've done is you've, you've received, I said I wasn't going to do this, but now I'm going to go ahead and do it. Why does faith work by love? Why does, it not work, why does it not work when we don't walk in love? I'll tell you real simply why it doesn't work. Because when you have bitterness in your heart towards someone else, you have stepped into the realm of, I want to live under judgment instead of I want to live under grace. You're saying, I want to hold them to a standard of judgment but I don't want to hold myself to that standard. I want to hold myself to grace. But you can't do that. You're going to live in one of two kingdoms as it pertains to your faith and how it works. And so when we don't walk in love, our faith doesn't work because faith is an operation of the kingdom of God. Judgment is otherwise. And if you step in under judgment, right, and you say, I'm going to judge them, the Bible says judge not that you be not judged, right? What winds up happening is you wind up taking judgment upon your own self and your own life for the things that you've done. You're saying, 
I don't, I don't want to live under grace. I want to hold them accountable, right? I don't want to forgive them. But when you do that, you're saying the, you're, you're, it, it permeates your whole little leaven, leavens the whole lump. It permeates your whole life. And you've decided by your own unforgiveness for them that I don't want grace in my life. And that grace is necessary for faith. Because what does faith say? It doesn't say, look at my great faith to receive. Faith says, I believe he gave me this promise because he's just so good to me and I didn't earn it. Right? So faith doesn't work that way. So go on, let's go on reading. It says, for, the, for this reason, for what reason? For not discerning the Lord's body. Many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So he says one of the reasons people are weak and sick and many sleep or many dead is because they don't discern the Lord's body. Now that's a twofold meaning for us because we learned, right, that by his stripes we were healed, right? So when you partake of the Lord's body, not discerning that by his stripes you were healed, then, then you're not exercising faith in that promise, and that's why many are seek, weak and sickly. But how many of you also realize that in speaking of the Lord's body, the Bible says that as believers, we are his body, right? And members in particular, it tells us in Romans. So each of us are individual members of the body of Christ. So another way of not properly discerning the Lord's body is looking around you today and realizing, you know what, that person is a part of the body of Christ, so I need to walk in love to them. I need to discern them. I need to value them. I need to realize how important they are, right? And if you don't do that, if you're not rightly discerning, if you have bitterness in your heart, you haven't examined yourself. That's why it says when you partake of the Lord's Supper this way, many are weak and sickly. Why? Because... You're not judging people properly. You've, you've, you've entered into this place of unforgiveness and not walking in love. And so for us to be able to walk in what God has for us, we have to have that component of walking in love for our lives. So in summary, how do we release our faith for healing? Just do what Jesus said. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25 gives us the formula. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. In those four verses we have encapsulated what we talked about tonight. We said if we're going to receive our healing, we first pray the prayer of faith with thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's already promised and given to us and released from his hand. Healing is yours tonight because of all of those promises we've looked at over the last 14 weeks. So pray and thank God for it when sickness tries to jump on you. Amen? Number two, speak words of faith instead of words of circumstance. Say what God's word says about you. I believe I'm healed. I didn't say I didn't have this symptom. Because faith doesn't deny the symptoms, faith just doesn't pay attention to them. It ignores them, right? It doesn't say they're not real. So speak words of faith instead of words of circumstance. And then last of all, stand your ground by considering your circumstance and walk in love. Amen? Stand your ground by not considering your circumstance and walk in love. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I've done my best to share what I believe it is you wanted me to share tonight. And that's how do we appropriate the healing we've been talking about for all these many weeks. I don't want to just go through a clinical session of how do you exercise faith, but I want the spirit of this to be caught this evening. I want us all to understand that you, your son paid an awesome price 
and provided already for us at Calvary when he went to the whipping post, stripes upon his back, to give us healing at that moment. At that moment, it was released from your hand. And whoever is sitting here under the sound of my voice or any believer that, will, that, that needs healing, it is available to them right now. It's not something we need to wait on you to do for us. It's already ours. So, Father, we do exercise the principles of faith tonight for our healing. We thank you. Matter of fact, right where you're at right now, just, just stop for a moment and thank God that you are the healed of the Lord. Father, I thank you. I give you praise and thanks that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. I believe that healing is operating within my body right now. I thank you for it. So, Father, we choose to thank you for what is rightfully ours. We will speak words of faith that align with those truths. We will refuse to doubt by, by paying attention to circumstances that surround us. And we will be people that walk in love to ensure we're always under that umbrella of your undeserved grace and blessing. We give you praise and thanks for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God, we're healed. Uh, next, I th I'm not sure where I'm going next week with my message. Uh, no, actually, I do know next week. Next week is our, is our uh, vision casting and update for the church. And so be talking about our building fund and some things we're going to be doing to sort of uh, hopefully uh, see that move along a little quicker and uh, just a lot of good things there. And so uh, make sure you make it out next week for that. And um, I think we're done. So let me just pray a prayer blessing over you. Father, thank you for each person here. Thank you that you love them. Thank you that you care about them and that they took time out of their schedule tonight to come to, to hear from you. And so I just pray, Father, that something that was said tonight would settle down in their heart and help them to be able to say, my life is better because I came to church. And I thank you that as they go from this place, your angels are camped about them, keeping them safe and protected, and just bringing them back to worship with us again as they bring people with them as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.